0: How committed are we really to forging the future rather than preserving the past? Today, friends, we've got another special episode of the Unseminary podcast where we sit down with three church leaders and ask them some questions about the future, the future that is the fall 2020. I want to help us wrestle through those. So let's jump in with today's episode where we look at forging the future at our churches.
1: This is the Unseminary Podcast, stuff you wish they taught in seminary.
0: Hey friends, so glad that you have tuned in today. We have got a very special episode. I've got my friends Ben Stapley, Chris Fashe, and Brian Tome from three really fantastic churches from uh, three different parts of North America. All really asking them about this fall specifically on the Sunday programming question, what are we doing? Uh, and so we hope that today's episode really helps you wrestle through some of the immediate future questions that all of us are facing. First, we've got Ben Stapley from Miami, and uh, Ben has got some fantastic kind of insight here. I particularly like his insight around hosting, be paying attention for that, and what he talks through, uh, also around vision casting opportunity that our church is have a unique opportunity that's coming in, kind of how they anticipate leveraging that this fall. So let's listen up to what Ben Stapley has to say.
2: Hey, Unseminary Podcast. This is Ben Stapley. I am the Weekend Experience Director at Christ Fellowship Miami. As the Weekend Experience Director, I get a chance to oversee the production, creation, communication, online, and guest service departments I also get a chance to work with these incredible teams and craft the experience from the streets to the seats to the screens. Christ Fellowship um, Miami has seven locations locally and pre-COVID, we had about 8,000 guests on a weekend. We also have 10 additional campuses globally, which are mainly located in Latin America. Rich has given me a couple of questions to answer. For you guys, I'll do that to the best of my ability. The first one is, what have you learned during the mostly online phase that you can apply next. The first one probably is content needs to be captivating because we found that our audience is no longer captive. And so for us, that means we need to keep it short and have no fluff because we found that people don't got time for that. So um, content is king. That being said, if content is king, we found that audio is queen. People's eyes can endure a subpar visual experience, but their ears won't put up with a mediocre audio experience. Uh, in the past, we used to take a dry mix, a mix without any sound effects, from the soundboard and put that online. But we no longer feel that's going to cut it for our online audience when we reopen, and therefore we invested in a mixing station and a contract position just for the online audio. Another way that we've learned and changed is in the past, both our in-person and our online experience were pretty siloed. And what I mean by that is they didn't reference each other much. Uh, during the season, we've seen the benefits of referencing the other experience and funneling guests that way. So in the past, we used to record the hosting for Church Online in our studio for efficiency's sake. But we've pivoted, we've uh, pivoted, we've pivoted to record in the cities in which our campuses are to highlight that we're one church in many cities. Uh, And we also are gonna do this when we open up. So at our physical campuses, we will reference the online campus regularly during our hosting. And then something else that we learned too is um, an apply down the road, is when we reopen, we're gonna treat that first service on the weekend at our broadcast campus, uh, which is a Saturday night at 6 p.m. as a studio recording. So the host is going to get up and welcome the guest and then let them know that the teaching pastor will solely make eye contact with a camera during the message so that they better connect with our viewers online and at the campuses. In the past, our teaching team communicated from the stage. Uh, down the road, they need to communicate for the screens. So that's gonna be a big change for us. The next question here is, do you have any long range plans about Christmas? Yeah, it's crazy to be thinking about Christmas, but yes we do. The earliest we're gonna reopen uh, right now is the beginning of October. But if things are still looking pretty rough down here in Miami uh, at that time, then we're gonna probably launch um, the weekend after Thanksgiving, with a four-week Christmas series that will build up energy towards our larger Christmas Eve service. Again, don't have a crystal ball, but that's the plans thus far. Uh, Regardless of when we officially reopen, we know that we're going to use the two weekends beforehand as a soft launch for our volunteers to get the rust off. Last night I was watching the NBA as they restarted their season after months off, and it looked like preseason. It was pretty rough. Uh, which is understandable. So just, just realize that your volunteers are also going to look a little rusty the first couple of weekends you're back, so help them out with a soft launch. I'm going to go down on a rabbit trail, so bear with me, but consider inviting your top givers to the soft launch as well to highlight what their increased generosity has allowed. Uh, they will probably be included in your communication to your volunteers because top givers are usually top volunteers, but using that as a unique opportunity to cast vision to them will help them stay engaged as you reopen. Okay, so the last question here from Rich is What are the questions we are wrestling with? We got three main questions. The first one is Do we adjust our target audience, where they land on the spiritual spectrum, now that we're increasingly online and our experience is being increasingly shared? So in the past, we People were coming to us, now we are going to them more. Does that impact who we are trying to reach? Big question. Second one is, is our online campus going to become our primary audience and our physical campuses become our secondary audience? In the past, it was the reverse. Are we willing to change? And again, you can't be 50-50. You gotta have a primary and a secondary, which has major implications all the way through the organization. And then the last question, which is one of those implications, is are we willing to have online an A-plus experience and our physical campuses a B-plus experience? Because, again, being honest, we are a nonprofit with limited resources. Not everything can be A-plus. Rich, thanks for having me on the podcast. Hopefully, some of this was helpful for your listeners. Uh, Again, this is Ben Stapley from Christ Fellowship Miami.
0: Man, I'm so thankful for Ben Stapley's uh, input there and really his insight. I really appreciate uh, so much of what he said there. I love that idea uh, that they're facing around, you know, what are we going to do when we actually start doing services? The idea of soft launch, I think, is super critical for all of us as we jump back into doing both in-person and online services. I also appreciate his, frankly, just um, sobering conversation around which is going to lead here. We need to make a decision. Is in-person or online going to be the leader Uh, for this next phase all right coming up next we've got chris fascia he is from ontario from toronto uh our canadian brother on today's call and i'm excited for what chris has got to say i want you to listen in this church uh, is i think a fascinating study in this time because they were a large church before all this happened but they weren't online so it's interesting to listen to how chris processes what the future is going to look like because before this they weren't doing church online. Uh, So listen carefully for some nuances because of that reality. Also, they, they have a really interesting insight around increasing engagement on the worship side. So this church, Sanctus Church, has a high value on musical worship, and we know that in this season where we've been primarily online, that that has been struggling in many churches. And so listen to what Chris has to say on what they've been seeing to try to increase engagement on that. All right, let's jump in and listen to what Chris has to say for us in this season.
1: Hey, I'm Chris Vasher, an executive pastor at Sanctus Church, just east of Toronto. Uh, when we do meet in person, we're a church with four locations across Durham Region. And uh, now that we're in pandemic, uh, we're mostly an online church, trying to do everything we can to disciple people through online ministry. Our our mission as a church is to glorify God by enabling people of all ages to become fully devoted followers of Jesus, and that has. Uh, continued to be our mission, even as we've moved everything online. And we did that real quick. We didn't have an online site or an online campus. Uh, We weren't streaming services before COVID hit. And so we moved real quickly and pivoted to be able to do that and help our church stay connected during this. I'm so proud of our team and the way they have uh, moved quickly and the stories that have come out of the way we have facilitated services and other kinds of ministry this way has been pretty incredible. As we think about going forward, to be honest, we're not sure what we're gonna do. We've been telling people for a couple months that we won't be meeting in person before September, and that has given people a lot of confidence and a sense of relief. In Canada and in Ontario specifically, and in our region, the case numbers are really low, but I think it has given people a sense of confidence in the leadership of the church when we've acknowledged we are not in a rush to reopen for services. Uh, We're going to begin reopening with ministry events and small meetings that fit under the guidelines of public health. But as we think about weekends and weekend programming, you know, the big question that we are considering is, does online become the place that I go to church or does online become the place I go when I can't get to church? And I would say we're not settled on that yet. We're still trying to figure it out and we're praying and we're having lots of conversation as leaders and we're talking to other churches and we're trying to figure out what fits with us and with our DNA. But we've already made some shifts in what we do online uh, that are a little different from what we typically do on a Sunday when we gather together. Just uh, where we place certain elements in the service, uh, the number of stories we tell in services, how we are trying to engage with people as they are participating. We've already made some changes and I do see uh, more changes coming in the future. So in terms of what we've learned, we had to do a uh, deep dive real fast uh, because as I said, we weren't doing online services before COVID hit. And so I'm so grateful for so many leaders at other churches who were willing to help us. Um, We realized really quickly that content was not enough, that we had to prioritize engagement So one uh, big change that we made is using live hosts on Sunday morning broadcasts from our building. Our sermon and our worship are still pre-recorded, but having live hosts who can interact in real time with people as they're watching the service has made such a difference. The other change we made uh, from our worship team, um, we had the opportunity with some really talented people in our church to have individual musicians record themselves at home And then all of that video and audio is brought together and edited kind of in like a patchwork or a Brady Bunch style video. And people have told us over and over again that seeing individuals on the worship team, not just the worship leader, has been so helpful, so meaningful for them. And that's all been around increasing engagement. Thinking about Christmas, I think we're still in the same boat as Sundays in general. We're just not sure. Uh, Christmas is a real big event for us, and even where we are in Canada, there is still a lot of cultural attachment to going to church on Christmas Eve. So Christmas Eve is our uh, highest day of the year. It's as big as Easter Sunday. We see so many guests, so many visitors, and we do hear so many stories of people coming on Christmas Eve, they continue to come to church, and then around Easter, they give their lives to Christ, and then at some point, they get baptized. It's one of those recurring stories that we hear in our church all the time. So we haven't really begun to nail down the conversation, but you know, even in the midst of a pandemic, celebrating the story of the Incarnation is going to be so important for us, and we are going to have to figure out how to do it. Our hope is we are going to be in person by then. Um, but we know that people are still not comfortable. So we're looking at all kinds of different possibilities. Christmas will be as important as ever because Christmas is continuing to be, and maybe it's even more important for people, um, these kinds of traditions and even the story of Christmas and the significance that it carries. I think it's going to be more important this year for people in our communities. And so we're looking at all kinds of different ways that we can uh, reach more people than ever. Yeah, as far as questions we're still wrestling with, for us, it's, as I mentioned, the online service, is it is it church for people or is it a place where they go when they can't get to church? How do we resource that? How do we make it fit uh, in the context of everything else we're doing? We're also really trying to wrestle with how much of what has moved online is going to stay online. So we are not going to assume that just because something was done in person before... Uh, that it will go back to being in person. If it's more effective in every way that we measure, attendance is up, discipleship is up, cost efficiency is up, leadership development is up. If all those factors are true, we would likely find ways to keep it online rather than going back in person. Another question we're wrestling with is how to really uh, develop our staff in this season. Um, Our staff are navigating this pandemic just like everyone else in the world. And so how do we help them feel safe? How do we help them adjust to a primarily remote work environment, which wasn't really uh, something that we did a whole lot before? How do we invest in them and develop them? How do we grow relationships as a staff team when there is a real high level of anxiety of being together in an office and not a real high level of desire to be together regularly in office space? So that's another question we're really wrestling with as a church.
0: Man, so thankful for Sanctus and for Chris specifically. He is an incredible leader if you're not following him you should be. I just think they're a fantastic church. All right, coming up next, we've got Brian Tome. I remember years ago, I was visiting Brian at his church and uh, in Cincinnati, Ohio, their original location, and he was joking, saying, hey, uh, welcome to Cincinnati, the cultural epicenter of the world, and uh, which is fantastic. But <laughs> the thing I love about Brian, he asks some very big questions in this uh, this segment so I want you to lean in carefully and listen to what he has to say uh, right off the top he he makes a statement that uh, that grabs me he says you can't take people to a place they don't want to go uh, and I want to want you to listen to kind of all the trickle down that, that Brian kind of unpacks from that so let's listen into to Brian again I love Crossroads and the, just the work that God's doing there so let's listen in to see what he has to say
3: Hi, my name is Brian Tome. I am the founding and senior pastor of Crossroads Church in Cincinnati. We have locations, Lexington, Kentucky, and a couple small plants, other places. These are crazy, crazy time. I've decided to stop playing ping pong. The difficulty with this whole situation is everybody you talk to has a different take and everybody's, everybody's advice seems rational. Everybody has statistics to help their own cause. Everybody has conviction. And I just got tired. We got tired of playing ping pong, going one side to the other. We'll open this weekend. We won't open this weekend. We'll have heavy restrictions. We won't have heavy restrictions. We'll do this ping pong back and forth. So we just set a date. We put it down. We said, we're not going to be meeting again in 2020. Why would we decide that not to meet again in 2020? Uh, a couple reasons. One, we can't deny that people are getting sick Maybe not as many are getting sick as would justify the level of restrictions depending on where you live, but that is a, uh, that's a significant issue. Someone said to me, well, 98% of people are doing, we'll will survive, we're fine. I said, hey, you've never been a leader before, have you? Have you ever had 100 people behind you following you someplace and knowing that those, of those 100, two people would die? That's your statistics, not mine. We're not talking about World War II here, going and laying down your life for a better future. We're talking about a, a brief period of hard choices and slowing things down. So as a leader, that's the, the one reason. The second reason is leadership. You, you can't take people where they don't want to go. Let me say it again. You can't take people where they don't want to go. You can't lead people where they don't want to go. And the vast majority of the population that we're dealing with do not want to go inside of rooms, let alone inside of rooms that are heavily populated and where everyone has masks and not have kids club and yada, 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 yada. So in response to all of those things, that's why we said, let's just get on the different side of a new ministry paradigm. The book of Isaiah says, behold, the old is gone. I am making All things new. Friends, we've got to see that there's a new phase of ministry that God's calling us to. And the longer we hold on to the old, the old being our 95 decibels in rooms or haze machines or whatever your church tradition is, the longer we hold on to the old and hope for something new, hope for something that is going to get us back to the way we were before, the longer we hold on to that, the less effective we are for the cause of Christ. We come from a line of faithful people who are able to go to foreign countries as missionaries and try to turn a culture. That's our history. Well, we're in a different culture right now. We're in a, we're in a culture where people are wracked with fear and we can complain about it all we want or we can respond to it. We can create a new ministry model out of it. So that's why we are doubling down on our digital footprint. We're putting our greatest creative resources into our digital experience. And the more we flip-flop back and forth about opening, not reopening, the less we could reformat all of our staff, redeploy our staff, and put our time into having an amazing online digital experience. My friend Larry Osborne says, you know what kind of leader you are based on how much you're longing to get back to normal. We have to not long to get back to normal. We have to long for increased fruit. A new kind of fruit that God may may give us. So what is Christmas going to look like for us? Probably some sort of outdoor drive-in experience we're starting to work on. We're going to take cues for that with what we've also done after simultaneously mentioning we're not going to be meeting for the rest of 2020. We simultaneously opened up an outdoor worship venue that all of our sites could come to. We're only one week in so far. <laughs> it was hot as hot as whatever you want to say it was. It was hot hot on a Saturday morning, 10 o'clock, 80 some degrees. And man, people were loving it. They were enjoying it greatly. We did the social distancing, all that kind of stuff. It was it was huge. The thing that we have to wrestle with with our digital experience is digital experience gives content really well. People don't need to see you live to hear a Bible explanation or a sermon. Digital formats do content really really well what they don't do well is connection so we're working really hard on connection how do we get people to form human connections truth be told they're not forming a lot of human connections in a dark room without talking to people around them better than looking at a zoom screen but they're not creating a lot of connections that way so we're working hard to create connections whether that's zoom groups that are led by somebody or people come into a zoom group or whether that's worship inside of a park. We have to figure out the best way to give content and to give connection. I think what we've got to wrestle with here is how committed are we to the future versus how committed are we to regaining the past? I'm all, We're all grieving. I'm grieving a little bit. I would like to go to the past. It's easy for me to give a very vision-oriented talk right now, but the truth is we're all grieving of something that's lost. A growing church, stimulating environments, being able to put our hands on people and pray for them after service. But we have to direct our attention as much as possible while we grieve what is lost and, and look forward to the future. We have to ask questions of our own faith. Am I as future-focused as I thought I was? Do I have as much faith as I thought that I did. Faith in something that isn't created yet that I can create. These are the questions, some of the questions we're we're asking as we're trying to meet people's needs. We're not trying to be focused on our model of ministry. We're trying to be focused on reaching and helping people. Good to be in the journey
0: with you. Well, thanks so much, Brian. I loved what you had to say. Uh, I loved, you know, he just had some really profound questions there. How committed are we to creating the future versus regaining the past? I think that's the question all of us are wrestling with in all of our churches today. Uh, I loved what he said there, too, that, that whole statement. You know what kind of leader you are if... You are always longing to get back to normal. Well, friends, uh, we hope that today's episode has been particularly helpful for us as we make the pivot into the fall and wrestle through what it looks like to be both in-person and online and some mixture of everything in between. Uh, So we're cheering for you here at Unseminary. We are in your corner. Thank you so much. Uh, We'd love for you to continue to subscribe, be a part of what's happening here at Unseminary. Drop by Unseminary.com, register, drop in your email address where you'll register and uh, we're we're constantly sending out uh, free resources like this. All right. Thanks so much, friends. Remember, we're always helping church leaders. We're in your corner cheering for you. Take care.